with millions of individuals pouring into our country illegally, many of which are going unnoticed by our Customs and Border Patrol. It's no surprise that on January 17th, 10 retired FBI agents decided to contact our elected officials and tell them, America, we have a problem. Sit back, grab yourself a cup of coffee or whatever it is that you're into, and let's get emboldened. America. You don't know what they do. You don't know what they sacrifice. We have lost touch with the principles in the Constitution. Nobody's read the Declaration of Independence. You are voting for socialism, and you got what you voted for. Welcome, bold Americans, to another episode of America Emboldened. As always, I'm your host, Greg Bolden, here on the America Out Loud Network, as well as everywhere you get this podcast. Also, make sure you go over to the AmericaOutloud.news, right? That's the place where you can find all my colleagues' work, my work, as well as the 24-7, 365 America Out Loud talk radio news network. You can download that on all of your favorite app devices, whether it's the uh, iTunes store, the Android devices, or just go online, and you can listen right off the website for America Out Loud. Let's get straight into it today. We have a growing border crisis. Now, that border crisis is something that the news media has been talking about for as long as I was a child. It seems as long as there's been Republicans and Democrats, we could argue over how many people are pouring over top our poorest country down at the southern border as well as our northern border. But today I'm going to present some numbers. I'm going to talk a little bit about this FBI, well, retired FBI agents, what they put out on January 17th in Washington, D.C., as well as talk about something that a journalist named Sarah Fields spoke about just a little bit ago. Back in October, Sarah Fields reported that there were Hamas agents that were training just south of Texas that made their way across the Texas border and made their way into Tennessee. This report was so shocking that the FBI showed up at Sarah Fields' house to question her about her sources and where she got her information. After that meeting of going to her home, the FBI decided to issue a statement to Newsweek debunking it, saying they had no information whatsoever that this was actually happening. Well, now we have a uh, series, 10 retired FBI agents who have issued a letter to Mike Johnson, Chuck Schumer, Mike Turner, Mark Warner, Mark Green, and Gary Peters. And I'm going to read that letter here to start the show today. It says, Dear Mr. Speaker, Senate my Majority Leader and Chairman, as former senior executives of the Federal Bureau of Investigation with deep experience combating dangers to the nation, we write to express our concern about a current specific threat that may be one of the most per pernicious ever to menace the United States. The danger arises from the nature of the threat itself. Wars and espionage and bombings and riots are sadly familiar delivery systems of instability, intimidation, and security. The country has faced and more, has faced these and more throughout its history and is held together, though not without struggle. The threat we call out today is new and unfamiliar. 
In its modern history, the U.S. has never suffered an invasion of the homeland. And yet, one is unfolding now. Military-aged men from across the globe, many from countries or regions not friendly to the United States, are landing in waves on our soil by the thousands, not by splashing ashore from a ship or parachuting from a plane, but rather by foot across a border that has been accurately advertised around the world as largely unprotected with ready access granted. It would be difficult to overstate the danger represented by the presence inside our borders of what is comparatively a multi-division army of young single adult males from hostile nations and regions whose backgrounds, intent, or allegiance is completely unknown. They include individuals encountered by border officials and then possibly released into the country, along with a shockingly high estimate of gotaways, meaning those who have entered and evaded apprehension. In light of such a daunting, unprecedented penetration by uninvited foreign actors, it is reasonable to assert that the country possesses dramatically diminished national security at this time. The nation's military laws and other natural protective barriers that have provided traditional security in the past have been thoroughly circumvented over the past three years. In 2021, the demographics of those crossing the poor southern boundary started to shift. Young men from around the world traveling alone and holding questionable motivations dramatically increased in number to become the most common profile of those breaching the nation's borders. A startling number have been found on the terrorist watch list or are from countries designated as state sponsors of terror distinctly unfriendly to the United States. This is particularly alarming in light of the Hamas terror attack on Israel last October 7th. Those of us who have fought terrorism know that, historically, successful terror attacks invite mimicry. We know as well the terror's leaders intentionally cultivate throngs of young men possessing a certainly easily manipulated personality type to carry out these atrocities. It is stark to say so, but having a large number of young males now within our borders who could begin attacking gatherings of unarmed citizens in imitation of 10-7 and at the behest of a foreign terror group must be considered a distinct possibility. We would be remiss to not call out this potentially great threat in the most direct terms. The warning lights are blinking. And yet, this very real concern does not seem to be getting the focus it logically deserves. The director of the FBI has correctly assessed an elevated threat level since 10-7. But relatively, little discussion has followed highlighting unsecured borders as a significant cause of this increasingly dangerous environment. It is a troubling concern that needs illumination, not avoidance. Any violation of the nation's immigration laws increases risk, but the surge in numbers of single military-aged males, depending upon American cities and towns, is alarming and perilous. Additionally, they are not just from terror-linked regions, but from China and Russia as well, hostile adversaries of the U.S. with aspirations to devastate national infrastructure. For these reasons, elements of this recent surge are likely no accident or coincidence. These men are potential operators in what appears to be an accelerated and strategic penetration 
a soft invasion designed to gain internal access to a country that cannot be invaded militarily in order to inflict catastrophic damage if and when enemies deem it necessary. This new reality, this never-before-seen threat, deserves greater attention. The borders need to be secured against these young men and those already here illegally must be identified and removed without delay. This will take the coordinated cooperative efforts of the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, and the rest of the intelligence community to achieve. We encourage these actions and much greater con congressional attention to this threat. The country has been invaded, an invasion that will continue as long as the nation's enemies perceive it will be tolerated. Until it is stopped, the United States is extraordinarily less safe and secure. Knowing all of this, it would be a shameful travesty if some terrible attack, a preventable attack, were to occur against innocent Americans or the infrastructure that keeps the nation safe and functioning. The government will have failed grievously in its duty to protect. Sincerely, and these are the individuals that wrote this letter and co-authored and signed off, Mr. Kevin R. Brock. Kevin R. Brock was the Assistant Director, Director of Intelligence of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. He was a Principal Deputy Director and a former National Counterterrorism Center uh, member. He is now retired from the FBI. Mr. Chris Schwecker, Assistant Director, Criminal Investigative Division, retired FBI. We have Mr. Timothy J. Healy, the Director of Terror Screening Center, a retired FBI member. Mr. Ruben Garcia, Jr., the Executive Assistant Director, Criminal Cyber Response and Services Branch of the FBI, now retired. Mr. Mark Morgan, Assistant Director, Training Division, FBI, retired, Acting Commission, Customs and Border Protection, former, and Chief U.S. Border Patrol, former director. Mr. David Sazdi was the Assistant Director of the Counterintelligence Division, the FBI, now retired. Mr. Jody Weiss, Special Agent in Charge of Philadelphia, the FBI, now retired, as well as Superintendent of the Chicago Police Department, now retired. Mr. David Mitchell, a Special Agent in Charge in Milwaukee, the FBI, now retired. Commission of Safety, Tennessee, Director of Homeland Security, and uh, also former in Tennessee for that. Mr. William Gavin, the Assistant Director, Inspection Division, former retired Federal Bureau of Investigation, and Mr. Timothy McNally, the Assistant Director of the Los Angeles Division, now retired from the FBI. 10 retired intelligence officials are telling us that we have a porous border that has signaled to the world to come here where you could attack, to come here where we are weakened not to have a military invasion by jets flying overhead or missiles bombing in, but from homegrown cells that, when I say homegrown, it's because of our lack of duty by the current administration. A homegrown cell now could be here. People that have trained near the border, crossed over into the United States, and have set up shop waiting for a signal in order to attack. But when you have this conversation with people, for whatever reason, we cannot have common sense, logical conversations about the border crisis. It seems to me that when you start talking about the border, immediately people bring up racism or xenophobia into the conversation or the fact that China was mentioned, then all of a sudden it's a, it's a hatred against Chinese individuals or Russians. To me, it's illogical to go there. 
To me, it's illogical to continue to ignore this problem. Today, I'm going to be pre uh, presenting the fact sheet. These are the numbers directly from the U.S. Customs and Borders Protections reports that they put out. They are publicly available on the government website. The numbers that you're going to hear today are startling. Uh, they are a somber reminder that under the Biden administration, this president has done more harm to our country than any president over the last three decades. The numbers of illegals pouring into this country were on the decline during Barack Obama's presidency. I want to give credit to the Democratic Party on this. And if you're listening to this show and you think that the Obama administration did not have the border under control, then you're not paying attention to what the hard data actually says. The numbers continued to be low under Donald Trump's presidency until 2018, when all of a sudden there was this renewed effort to, all, to highlight all the illegals and the inhumane activity that was happening under Donald Trump's watch. I'd like to remind listeners that everybody turned a blind eye when Barack Obama was doing the exact same thing that President Trump was doing. You just didn't like the way that President Trump stated his words. That's what it was. You felt that his words were racist. You felt possibly that you were hurt that we were not treating everybody as the same equal human being. In the meantime, what President Trump was doing was continuing the policy of President Barack Obama of putting America and the Constitution, Article 4, Section 4, to protect and defend our borders at the forefront. When Joe Biden got into office, he made Kamala Harris his czar for the border. Kamala Harris has been largely without any brain cells on the issue. The Democrats would like to throw more money at the problem because that's what Democrats currently do. So when you talk about the Senate and the Congress, they're just like, you know what, let's get some more money. We can round up some more people. We can try to make sure that this is uh, coming uh, to a head. The Republicans on the other side are also without meaningful change. They're refusing to do what's necessary and say, you know what? Yeah, uh, it might make us look really bad, but we'd better go back to ICE and start rounding people up that are illegal. And we also should probably look into some common sense pathways to citizenship. The Republicans, I don't understand why they don't want people to be able to come into this country in a way that's legal and start supporting that through the laws that they're putting through. But here's where things start to really concern me. I'm going to pull up that post that I was talking about just a few minutes ago. This is a post from uh, Sarah Fields, which you can find Sarah Fields, by the way, on X, also known now as Twitter. Uh, Sarah uh, is a journalist who works for uh, Publica uh, doing investigative journalism. So a real journalist uh, working for Publica, putting information out there, goes, talks to people, gets uh, sources that are extremely uh, solid sources. She doesn't want to give up those sources for good reason, right? You can find her at Sarah is censored. Well, if we go back to October in her post, we can find where the FBI found issue with one of her statements, one of the things that she was talking about. And so, unfortunately, because I can't search on a desktop the way I can search this way, I'm going to use my cell phone real quick, and I'm going to type in FBI into her page, and I immediately will get them coming to her door. All right. This happened on November 7th. She was debating whether or not to share this post about the FBI coming to her door. And uh, the reason why they came to her door is because of a 
report that she made previously stating that back in October, she had reports that there were Hamas agents that were training just outside the border of Texas that she knew had come over into the United States. And when she reported this, the FBI did not like it whatsoever. I think because the FBI was like, you know what, how does this person have information that we have that we haven't been acting on? Or uh, is the FBI really that completely off base at this point in time that they didn't know there were these individuals over our borders. I, I refuse to believe that. I believe that uh, they completely knew about this and that they were coming through. And so she alleges in her reporting that they made their way across the country in many different places. And so I'm going to pull that up for you in just a moment so you can see her exact report as well and find out what do you think? Is she on point with what she's stating? Do we have a problem at our border? Or is the FBI bullying her because uh, they got nothing better to do for the other day? Let me pause right here. I'll be right with you. All right. So up on the screen here, we have Sarah Field's post from October 7th, 2023. But for those listening, I'm going to read it to you. She stated, for years in Matamoros, Mexico, directly across the border from Brownsville, tennis, uh, Texas, Hamas had a training center. Once a large factory, the building was used to train young military-aged men. Dressed in all black, these men would wait for the river to be low enough to cross over the border and illegally infiltrate the U.S. for further training. Hamas has training camps in Mexico and has for a long time. Thousands of jihadists have crossed the border and disappeared into the U.S., some given rooms and cell phones courtesy of your tax dollars. Many have been flown to multiple cities throughout the United States including Hartford, Tampa, Atlanta, and Houston. The majority of the travels into this country illegally are not women and children. They are military-aged men. America needs to wake up. Thousands of sleeper fighters are in our backyard, and the Biden administration is not only aware. They're complicit. The attack on Israel is only the beginning. Get your households in order. And then she put a map connecting exactly where that should be. This got such quick coverage that the FBI had to issue a statement to Newsweek. They wanted to make sure that people knew that they did not have evidence whatsoever of this. Now, this is before they show up at our home where they're like, you know what? Um, yeah, maybe uh, maybe there is something here to this. And so let me, uh, let me play you that one. Here we go. Fact check. Does Hamas have a training center in Mexico? This is four days after Sarah's post. They write, Hamas' recent attack on Israel has sparked a series of unstantiated claims. It could make... It could attempt to make inroads into U.S. via the country's border with Mexico. Former President Donald Trump, among others, shared a baseless theory that President Joe Biden's immigration policies had resulted in Hamas militants pouring across the United States-Mexico border. Trump also said that Biden and his boss, former President Barack Obama, would be responsible for any Hamas attacks inside the U.S. According to one social media post this week, the group even has a training center in the Mexican border city of Matamoros. And that's the post that I just shared with you from Sarah is censored from Publica. And the post stated, I just read that to you. Doo, doo, doo. Uh, 
who identifies herself as president director of advocacy for the Texas Freedom Coalition, which says it supports constitutional government and pro-family issues in the state of Texas. Newsweek was unable to find any evidence that Hamas had or has a training camp in Matamoros, Mexico. No searches on a variety of terms predating the current conflict returned any results even suggestive of a link between Hamas militants and training camps in Matamoros or elsewhere in Mexico. Newsweek contacted the Pentagon, the Department of Homeland Security, the Mexican government, and the National Intelligence Center in Mexico for information, and they believed that it was completely debunked, that she shared this without any type of evidence. So Newsweek asked for more information from Sarah, and uh, she did not respond. Why did she not respond? Well, I've spoken with Sarah before. Sarah didn't respond because she said, quite honestly, this information is known by the FBI. It's known by the FBI, and she knows that for a fact because of who her sources are. Which leads back to the beginning of the show, the letter that I just read to you from 10 former retired FBI agents who claim the same type of information that Sarah Fields was trying to tell everybody back in October, which Donald Trump was trying to tell everybody, which I disagree with his comment about Barack Obama because he handed Donald Trump a, a pretty solid policy, but that's neither here nor there. What we have here right now, according to this Newsweek article, they say Hamas is primarily based in Gaza, but maintains a presence in the West Bank, Palestinian refugee camps in Lebanon, and key regional capitals, including Doha, Qadar, and Cairo. All right. <laughs> so they claim that this is false. You've seen these before, right? Where they say, this is true. It needs context. It's unverified. It's satire. It's misleading material. No, it's just false. So they said that Sarah is censored with spreading false information. If Sarah is censored, was spreading false information. Can somebody please explain to me why the FBI would show up at her home, ask to speak with her, and then after talking with her and finishing out, leave her completely alone to continue to say the exact same things that she was saying. If the FBI knew that this was false, if the intelligence community felt that this was a danger to have that out there, Sarah Fields would be in a ton of trouble right now. The FBI doesn't come knocking on your door, knock, knock, knock. Oh, you're, you're spreading uh, harmful information about the country and then just leave you alone. It's not the way that works. See, the FBI knows there's a problem. These retired agents know there's a problem. And America, you know there's a problem. That problem is much more complex than I think anybody else realizes. One thing that we can probably agree upon is when we look at the numbers, the statistics that are actually out there, the U.S. Customs and Border Protection's fiscal report, the Pew Research Company's uh, data that's, that's available to us, we know that we have a major problem that under a Biden administration has gotten a lot worse. The data does not lie. It's not manipulated type of numbers at this point in time. We have a growing crisis in our country that both Republicans and Democrats have seemed to not have a solid answer for. Why does it matter? Well, we got to look at Article 4 of the Constitution. In Article 4 of the Constitution, it states the relationship between the various states as well as the relationship between each state and the United States federal government. And it talks about their territories and what is full faith and credit. Is the Biden administration in violation then of Section 4 of, the, of Article 4? 
That is the question. The obligations of the United States. Part of that is the United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a Republican form of government. That's the first part. And the United States shall protect each of them against invasion and on application of the legislature or of the executive branch. That means Joe Biden has a duty to make sure that we have borders that are protected. So this is protection both from foreign and domestic entities, right? We want to make sure that we have the ability to keep our states secure as a national government. And if our government is not doing that, if our government is not uh, maintaining secure borders, it doesn't have a way to even show us how they could maintain secure borders, then you could make an argument that the president is not upholding his oath to the Constitution and therefore is in violation and possibly even a treasonous act. Now, I won't go that far because, quite honestly, I think that every president in my lifetime has been guilty to some form and shape of being treasonous on this. The thing where people get really upset about this, though, is do you remember the children in cages during Donald Trump's presidency? That kind of leaked out when all these other things weren't really making a dent into his public image campaign, although they're making a dent, just wasn't changing people's hearts. All of a sudden we started here while they're putting children in cages and families and AOC. She ran down to the border to get her photo taken of her looking at where the people were being housed in the cages. Do you, do you guys remember that? Well, apparently uh, that, that photo was pretty much staged to begin with. It wasn't even at the exact location. So people ended up mocking her after that. Um, it was photographed outside a tent city shelter in Texas, uh, when she was taking that photo. So we have this division that's not really completely 100% honest division that's going on from both political sides. I don't really care about that division. I don't care about whether it's males that are military age, females that are military age. I don't care what their gender is. I don't care what country they're coming from. There is a legal pathway, the citizenship in the United States. If you don't care about that legal pathway and you are here illegally, then you should be kicked out of the country. Should you not want to assimilate into this country, into the right practices? I think we should just take this uh, carte blanche approach at this point, right? If you do not want to assimilate into the country legally, then you should leave. So the direct reports. I shared with you here. Why is it that these retired FBI agents are pointing out 2021? Well, likely it's because the border policy completely changed under the new administration. We can see on the fact sheet of what's happening right now that the encounters at the Southwest border in the fiscal year 2023 increased over 40% since fiscal year 2021. That is more than 100% compared to fiscal year 2019 during a previous administration. And last month, the United States Customs and Border uh, Protection reported a 40% increase compared to September 2021 and 18% compared to September 2022 when looking at the different things. And when we say about last month, I shouldn't have said last month. I'm going back to October's data. So this would have been four months ago, September 2023, which means... We went from a 18% increase 
to a 40% increase over just the past two years. Since President Biden took office, we have 7.5 million labeled encounters nationwide. 6.2 million of them came at the southwest border. Now, here is the shocking number. Customs reports that 1.7 million are known people that got away from them. Let that just settle in for just a quick moment. 1.7 million people have gone away from customs and are living somewhere in the United States without any of us knowing where they're at at the present moment. That is more people than in the entire city of Philadelphia. That is more people than an entire state of Delaware. When are we going to talk about those facts? What is Biden doing about finding those 1.7 million known getaways? And last year, there are 169 people whose names appeared on a terrorist watch list that were stopped trying to cross the U.S.-Mexico border at the ports of entry, 18 of which were apprehended just in September of 2023, just a month before Hamas attacked Israel. Also, we know that they arrested 35,433 aliens with criminal convictions. They had outstanding warrants that were nationwide, including 598 known gang members and 178 of them being MS-13 members, one of the most deadly abhorrent gangs out of all of them. We also know that air and marine operations seized 27,293 pounds of fentanyl that were coming across the southwest border. That's enough fentanyl to kill 6 million people. When you think about the security that you have in your country right now, there is none. 1.7 million just in the last year came over. In fact, some numbers and studies right now are saying that illegal immigration for the first time in 2023 has exceeded birth rate in the United States. 320,000 people are also the estimate of people that they don't know who's coming over, but they think about 320,000 are coming over our border per month. That's 3.2 million people in addition to the 1.7 million that were known getaways, it's 3.2 million that are unknown getaways, which would equal at that point in time almost 5 million people in this country that are here completely illegally, and we don't know what their motives are, and we have no way to stop it. So what's happening right now in this country is people are arguing. They're arguing over, oh my God, well, we got to make sure we don't vilify the illegal people that are just trying to come here for a better life. You're damn right. We shouldn't be vilifying anybody trying to come here for a better life because America was founded on people that were coming here for that better life. But you better be in the corner of Americans when you start making those comments, stating that, yes, you would like to make sure that they have a pathway to become a legal citizen, a contributing member of society that we're not backing MS-13 members. We're not backing people bringing fentanyl into this country. We're not backing a cartel now running in all 50 states in this country. If you're supporting that, you're anti-American. You've been brainwashed by some political side. I don't even know exactly who that would be. Wink, wink. But at that point in time, 
we have a little bit of an issue with how you're seeing things. So when I presented this on my social media page, it's interesting. On X, people were like, yep, that's the news. We get it. This has been a problem in this country, Greg. Glad that you're bringing this up. This should be on the mainstream networks everywhere. I decided for a change to copy my story and put it on my Facebook page, which I don't normally post anything political on Facebook. I occasionally will put a story, uh, some of my episodes up there just to let people know what I'm up to, but it's really like not my place to promote America emboldened or my journalism. It's a place for me to share photos of my kids and keep in touch with family and good friends. But I did post this exact FBI, the retired agents, and I got a comment and I'm not going to post the person's name. I'm not going to share a screen, but I'm going to read to you what they wrote to me. And then I want you to think about what they wrote. I'll tell you what my response is. And I've kind of heard my response already in some respects. But they said, just some questions, comments that might be considered in their opinion. Historically, what age group gender have come to America for opportunities their home countries do not offer? Seems like it would be young males who are unattached and can rough it until they are able to send for others in their families. I would like to see immigration data going back to when they started collecting it. Nothing has changed. Then number two, they said, it seems poignant that they mentioned since 2021, as in when Biden took office. Thirdly, they put, it is also historically recorded that we stoke fear of immigrants, especially during election years. It was the Irish, it was the Italians, etc. Now it's the Chinese. I would not turn away anyone who wants to escape the terrors of their homeland. Definitely not saying everything's hunky-dory, but this raises more skepticism than anything else. And then they continued in a separate post. Also, 9-11 hijackers came here illegally. So to me, illegal or citizen, it doesn't matter. Anyone with a radical agenda connected to a terrorist group, including young white males, will be a threat. Now, white was all capitalized. Whew. I didn't respond because I was at soccer with my family on Saturday. But on Sunday, you rest assured that I definitely did respond. Because I found that this entire response tells me a person's political leanings and not that they have any concept whatsoever of the problem or that their concept of the problem, they're really convinced they understand it extremely well, but they probably haven't looked at the numbers that I just presented. So I decided that I would respond with these numbers, respond with what journalists have been sharing with me, with my own journalism has shared coming through here, as well as talk about how in New York City, Mayor Adams even stated that Illegal immigration had become such a problem, it was going to cost $12 billion to their city. Now, luckily, tax revenue came with about an additional $3 billion gain in revenue in 2023, which will certainly help, but they're still $9 billion short in fiscal year 25. And that trend is going to show that immigration is going to bankrupt our major cities and all of their programs. How is that stoking fear of immigrants? No one has a fear of immigrants. People have a fear of illegals that will continue to drain a system without going through the proper measures in order to contribute back to the system of a better country of which they want. You don't want to pay taxes, then you shouldn't get tax benefits. You shouldn't have New York City putting you up in homes, feeding you and feeding your families. Now, I'm okay with pathways to citizenship. Perfectly fine, well and good. Let's feed your family, get you to be uh, indebted to the country in a sense, where then you can start working and pay off the debts 
like the people that first came here that found our country and helped make it what it is, right? The, those individuals after America was founded that started hearing about the prosperity and the opportunities for freedom here in this country. Yes, they came over here without much on their backs. Yes, some of them were males with nothing left to lose. Some moved their entire families. But you know what they did when they got here? They worked hard. They stuck together in many ways, right? That's why we have Irish neighborhoods, Italian neighborhoods. We have Hispanic neighborhoods. They stuck together, which is a wise thing to do. Catholics did the same thing. The Knights of Columbus was put together so that way Catholics wouldn't be persecuted in those cities, right? So it's it's a religious thing. It's, it's a nationality thing. But one thing this is not is stoking fear of immigrants. That's not what this show is about. That's not what this topic is about in any way, shape, or form. This letter that I was highlighting was simply saying that we've become relaxed under a Biden administration, which is why 2021 matters. Barack Obama and Donald Trump were doing a good job holding back illegal immigration. It wasn't perfect. It wasn't fixed. They didn't offer anything to truly fix the system. Donald Trump was building a wall, which he didn't build much of it. And Barack Obama started putting children in cages. Fact check that one, and you'll find that I'm correct. That that story started back during the Obama administration, but it was used against Donald Trump. And guess what happened when they used that against him? In 2018, all of a sudden, people started pouring into the country because there was a perception that what the Democrats were doing back then of putting this pressure on the Trump administration, that that was going to open up the flood borders. Look at all these people that really need to get in. The problem is, since Biden took office, there's been this silent message that got sent out this beacon, both to those coming for a better opportunity, as well as those who would like to harm us, that we have open borders, and they're absolutely correct. When I have people that work in the army telling me what's happening just offside their bases with militant aged people surveying the area while there's balloons surveying from China, that's not me trying to be xenophobic towards the Chinese. That's me stating, yes, if you think that we have good relationships with all these countries and they're not planning us as resources, you're not paying attention to what this world really truly is. There are power hungry people still to this day. There are evil people. So I prefer post with facts. I prefer post with numbers, but here's the biggest thing. I have a problem with this person putting that this could be a white male problem. That's much worse than all this other stuff. Here's why. All humans are a threat when radicalized. I don't care what the color of your skin is or what your nationality is. If you're a Nazi, if you're a supremacist, if you're a gang member or member of a hate group, if you're a liberal, if you're a conservative or a religious, in any of those groups that's been radicalized, there's no need to attach race or gender to it. It's the end of the statement. And if you're virtue signaling over to, well, got to watch out for those white males, you might have an ideology and a sickness. And I have a problem with that. I have a problem with the fact that as a white male in society, that my child, right, my son, could grow up to be uh, a villain simply because what his skin tone looks like, not because of what he actually is. We have a lot of things that need to be addressed. Illegal immigration, immigration, yes, that needs to be addressed. Our border is definitely in crisis. Our country is definitely divided. Hate groups certainly exist in this country. We see them. Uh, we can see them on our television. At the end of elections, when people are yelling in the streets, the feminist movement 
that hated Donald Trump. They're a radicalized group. They're a terror group to our society, just as much as the others. See, there are terrorists both in our country now, domestic and foreign. The FBI is simply pointing that out. If that makes you uncomfortable, good. Let's talk about it. We can't turn a blind eye anymore because we're afraid we're going to offend somebody or hurt somebody's feelings or be labeled as being hurtful. There's laws on the books already and they need to be followed. And the Constitution addresses the defense of our borders in Article 4, Section 4, as I pointed out. So therefore, we should start enforcing it. We should demand better. Which leads me finally to Governor Abbott. If you're not following the story about Greg Abbott, which I've talked about on my show before, I'm not a fan of Governor Abbott. Uh, Greg Abbott is a member of the WEF. Now, that's not immediately why I'm not a fan of him. I'm not a fan of him because when he started shipping illegals, I found him to be just as bad as what he claims to not be. If you feel that a human life is worthy of just putting on a plane and shipping somewhere for somebody else's problem to what you deem as a liberal city, you're not part of a solution. You're part of a problem. And you're creating that problem knowingly. You are messing with people on purpose. So when the WEF has you on missions to Israel and Switzerland to lead economic development, I got to start to wonder, why is it you, Greg Abbott, are so tied in in Davos with your second trips now to Switzerland and Israel in order to talk about business development, economic prosperity, and sharing the story about your Texas success around the globe. Meanwhile, you've got barbed wire and reports of people pouring over your border that are known terrorists. And now you have your National Guard going up against federal. Joe Biden says there could be a conflict there. We could be on the verge of some type of civil war. And I got to wonder, Greg Abbott, Republican Greg Abbott, I don't trust you. I don't trust that this isn't something to get us into a conflict, get us into breaking down society. You don't seem like you want what's best for America, because if you did, you'd be putting policies in place to get these people pouring over your borders into healthy spots in this country and into citizenship. Or you'd get sincere about just sending them back from whence they came. And I know that it is a huge border along Texas. I know that our southwestern border is very difficult to maintain and uh, follow through the security of the entire thing. But I'm done with people passing the buck, saying that we can't do it. It's an unattainable goal. Greg Abbott and Joe Biden. I think that you're both in different ways failing our country. But the Republican leadership, you're failing. The Democrats, you've been failing. And the conversation I had just last weekend, I sat there and I was talking to an independent who was saying, you know, the fact that we're so caught up in LGBTQ, feminism, uh, ideologies, uh, these things that virtue signal the social justice or Republicans are so far on the opposite side, uh, talking about, oh, we got to watch out for what they're doing to our school kids and everything else. Meanwhile, no one can pass a budget. No one actually believes in limiting government and their powers. No one really believes that, you know, there uh, should be exposure and maybe term limits that is in power because it takes away money from their pockets. Well, 
Where are the people that are being hurt? Where are the people at the end of the day that if the FBI's retired agents are correct, are in harm's way? If what my gut tells me is correct in Texas, Texas citizens and those that go and feel that, oh my God, this is the last stand. I got to go do this. You're endangering yourself and our country. Turn down the heat. Start calling your elected representatives and start telling them to either do something about the immigration crisis, get actual intelligence on the ground, or be prepared in 2024 to be voted out of office. And then tell everybody else in 2026 that they'll be voted out next, that you're going to have a long memory. Joe Biden's bipartisan plan is not bipartisan. It's throwing money at an issue that cannot be solved by throwing money at it. It's throwing more resources with more failed policies. The policies need to change, and so Republicans shouldn't vote on that. Republicans should put up a bill that says, let's look at the laws that we have on the books. Let's look at the inadequacies that we need to strengthen. If that's financial, then we go there. And Democrats should say, yes, this is what should happen. Deportation may be necessary at this point in time in order to strengthen our country. It's going to be very difficult for them to swallow that pill after saying that no one should be deported, that you're tearing people away from their families. Well, guess what? If you're tearing people away from their families that aren't willing to do what they're supposed to be doing, so be it. Maybe that sounds absolutely hateful to you. If that does, then you don't know me too well. And you likely already have your mind made up a little bit differently than the rest of society. And perhaps you should ask yourself that question as to why do you feel that way? There can be a solution to this. I don't believe that we're stuck where we're at. But I think that you got to acknowledge gang members, fentanyl, people that don't actually really want to be here but want to live off of programs that are destined to make sure that they can at least get by. That's wrong. Stop being a leech. Assimilate. Want to be part of the country? We're happy to have you here. We're happy to have contributing members of society. It will make us all better the mixing bowl, the melting pot, whatever you want to call it. It's what makes America strong. Hope I honored your time well today, ladies and gentlemen. I'll be back on Wednesday with yet another show. Go over to my Patreon page, patreon.com backslash America Embolden. You can sign up for free or you can become a premium member as well. But by doing that, you'll get all the additional bonus content that I put out there as well as see videos like this one. So if you were listening in on the America Out Loud Network, but you want to see the video of this show, go over to the Patreon where you can find it. Hope you guys all have a absolutely wonderful week. You've been listening to American Bolden with Greg Bolden. Be bold, America. Music.